Thank you for joining us. Uh, can I tell you, this is just a little bit strange uh, because uh, usually this place is filled with people as far as I can see from my right to my left. Today it's empty. Honestly, if I'm being honest, today uh, it's me, my Bible, and a camera. You see, it looks a little bit different than what it normally would look like. Now, usually we're gathered together in a beautiful church building, and today we are gathered around our phones, our tablets, our TVs. You see, I'm thankful for technology, because with technology we have the ability to still gather together. I want you to know that we are monitoring this situation every day. Uh, we're constantly meeting as a church staff to, to make sure that we're prepared for whatever happens. But today, there's one thing that we know, and that is Easter is rapidly approaching. You see, our entire world can stop around us, but the thing that never stops is time. And we're rapidly approaching Easter, the day that we celebrate, the day that everything changed, the day that Jesus came out of the grave. And we have to realize that, that the week leading up to Easter, you see, we always talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. But the day that led up to that, the week that led up to those events, they were very well thought out. They were planned. They were with a purpose. There's significant things that happened in the week of Easter, in this Passion Week. Last week, we started a series, and we began to look at the final week of Jesus. Our theme passage is found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19, when it says, Now as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, He took the twelve disciples aside and said to them, We're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised to life. You see, it just doesn't stop at the cross. So Jesus pulls his disciples to the side and he says, let me explain this to you. He was always constantly having to explain to the disciples. He said, let me explain to you. This is what's going to happen. But it, I want you to know that it doesn't stop at the cross. Easter is about when Jesus was raised to life. Last week, we looked at a divine moment that happened during that week. It actually happened on Monday of Passion Week. And it's when Jesus had an encounter with a fig tree. If you missed that message, I encourage you to, to go back and to, to check it out. You can find it on our website, Divine Moments, the fig tree. But today, 
Today we want to look at something, another divine moment. In the final week of Jesus, it was filled with choices. It was filled with decisions. So many different decisions that had to be made. Jesus deciding what he would say, where he would go, who he would be with. Religious leaders were were being faced with choices. The crowds were being faced with choices. The people of Jerusalem were being faced with choices. The disciples were being faced with choices. And on that final night, On that final night, Jesus makes the decision to spend time with the people that he loved the most. He decided to have dinner with his disciples. It's what we call, and we know as, you've seen the famous pictures, the paintings. It's the Last Supper. And if you've ever talked to anyone who is getting ready to to leave this life and go into eternity, the one thing that they will always say and they tell you is, is that, you know, there's things in life that you think that matter, but when you get to that moment, you realize what's most important. And so here Jesus is, and he is to that moment. And he says, you know what's most important to me right now? It's spending time with the people who are closest and dearest to me, my friends. You see, after this night, Jesus will be arrested, he will be beaten, and he will eventually be crucified. Jesus is well aware of what Judas is going to do. Jesus is well aware of what Peter is going to do. He sees the hearts of his disciples. He knows them. He also knows that they're having problems getting along. They've spent so much time together that they're having issues. They're having problems. Asking the question, Jesus, who's the best? Who's the most important? There's a lot of pride, a lot of ego, a a lot of jealousy. They're starting to get on each other's nerves. Have you ever been in that situation where you are spending a lot of time with some people, maybe family, probably going on right now, and you come to a point in time, it's like, I got to get out of this house. Somebody take these kids. I love them, but honey, isn't there some sports on? Just reruns. But Jesus comes to the upper room and he understands and he knows that it's gotten bad and he also knows that he's getting ready to give these men the responsibility of building the church. He knows that he has to get them back on the right track. So we read this account of this story. And we can read it in John chapter 13. It says, when it was just before the Passover feast, 
Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave. He was leaving this world and going to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? To which Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him and said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So here, Jesus, we read this beautiful story. This beautiful story of how Jesus decided on that final night to wash his disciples' feet. To wash the feet of the one who would betray him. To wash the feet of the one who would deny him. And when he gets to Peter, Peter says, I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. And Jesus said, listen, I've got to do this. I'm trying to teach you something, Peter. I'm trying to show you how important it is. And so Peter says, okay, Jesus, if you say so, go ahead, wash them. We continue to read in verse 12. It says, when Jesus, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. I have a feeling they didn't. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, a lot of times we read this passage of Scripture, and we have a good old-fashioned foot washing Have you ever been in one of those? If you hadn't, man, you are missing something. But we have foot washing. But I believe that that this is not simply about having a foot washing service. I believe that this is about developing a foot washing spirit. It's about developing the heart of a servant. You see, if you do not have the heart of a servant, 
you always have problems. I am utterly amazed that here, it's the last night, and this is Jesus' topic. It's the last night, and this is Jesus' lesson. It's the last night, and he is giving them the lesson of servanthood. I have to believe that it's pretty important. This is the last visual that they will ever have of Jesus when they're together. They're going to go out, they're going to sing a hymn, then he's going to be arrested. And then those clean feet, those feet that he just washed, are going to run off. They're going to run off to betray him. They're going to run off to deny him. And Jesus knows this, yet he still chose the bowl of servanthood. It's amazing what Jesus does. So today I want to look at four things that that Jesus did in this story and how he made a choice. The first thing that Jesus did was he got up from the supper. He got up from the supper. He allowed himself to be interrupted. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not like to be interrupted while I'm eating. Don't talk to me while I'm eating. Don't ask me to do something while I'm eating. I don't want to be interrupted. But here, Jesus was eating, and it said he got up from where he was. He could have simply just sat back. He could have looked at those dirty feet and said, you know what? It's not my problem. I'm getting ready. These guys are getting ready to deny me and to betray me and and to run off and to be scared. And, And it's not my problem. I don't care if they have dirty feet. They can deal with it. But not Jesus. In this moment, Jesus stopped what he was doing. He stopped what he was doing in order to connect with his disciples, in order to allow them to see his heart. In order to allow them to know that there was nothing more important than what he was getting ready to do. I mean, can you imagine how surreal that that moment must have been? Can you imagine what must have been going through their mind? You see, there are things in life that cause us to stop, that interrupt us, that if we will allow them to interrupt us, later on we will see that they're very strategic. I believe that this speaks to the moment that we're in right now as a nation. There is no doubt that our lives have been interrupted. Uh, Many of us, our jobs have shut down. The places of employment are closed. Some of us are are having to, to work from home. Our lives has been interrupted. And for some of you, this interruption is causing you stress, is causing you worry, is causing you anger, is causing you anxiety, is causing you to ask God, where are you? But then there's others. There's others... You're seeing this interruption as a way to hit the reset button. 
You're seeing this interruption as a way to take some time to maybe connect with your family, something that you haven't been able to do in a long time. I see pictures on Facebook of family time. And I think about it and I think, God, it is this interruption, something just to, to allow us to realize what's really important in life. I believe it is. Some of you are, are taking time to connect via social media to people that you haven't had connection with in a long time. Some of you are taking time uh, to put your testimony, to talk about what God has done in your life and to give Him praise on the internet so that people can see it. You see, interruptions can lead to a divine connection. Interruptions can lead to a divine connection. That moment that Jesus was interrupted, I believe that there was a divine connection that happened in that moment. There was a reason for it. The second thing that he did was he laid aside his garment. He was willing to take off his outer clothing to lay it aside. In our life, we have to understand that there's times that we have to be willing to lay some things aside. Jesus laid aside the thing that he was comfortable with and he put on the uniform of servanthood. You see, the disciples, they had been to banquets before. They had been to places where Jesus had been invited. They knew what was going on. They knew that when they walked in that door, that their feet were dirty. They knew that normally, that there would be a servant there to wash their feet. But there wasn't on this night. Because this was more of a family gathering. They were just using the room. But they knew that feet needed to be washed. I mean, feet are one thing. We have any feet people? We have any people that, that hate feet? I know we have a few. You love it when I wear sandals. Just wait till summer. But feet are one thing. But dirty, stinky feet while you're trying to eat is a completely different story. It's nasty. So here they are. And they walk in, and there's no servant there, but there's a basin. All of the disciples saw that bowl. And they all made the choice to walk by it. They said, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will take care of it. Hey, Peter, you do it. I ain't doing it. You do it, John. No, I ain't doing it. Judas, I'm getting ready to betray him. Why would I do it? They all sat there and said, you know what? I'm not doing it. It's, it's, it's beneath me. Somebody less important in the kingdom can do it. So they all were willing to sit there with dirty feet. And here's the king of kings. The one who was getting ready to pay sacrifice for the sins 
of the world. And he took off his garment. Something that he was accustomed to, he took it off. Why did he do that? Why was he willing to do that? It's because that that he knew that the blessings follow the bowl. He knew that they could never be fulfilled without embracing the bowl. So he was trying to teach them something. Thirdly, he took the towel. Now, what is significant about a towel? Our daughter loves to swim, but she hates getting her face wet. So she'll jump in the pool, and in a very short amount of time, she'll run back over to where we're sitting. She'll say, dry my face. And we'll wipe it off, and she'll go back and play some more. But then as soon as water splashes up, why does she do that? She loves to swim, but why is she constantly coming to us looking for a towel? Well, it's simple. It's because chlorine hurts your eyes. Chlorine causes your eyes to burn. Chlorine causes your eyes to turn red. Chlorine makes you uncomfortable. It causes you hurt. So what's important about the towel? We're able to take that towel and to wipe away that water. Can I tell you that Christ wants us to be willing to take the towel? There are people all in our community who need someone to take the towel to help them with their pain to help them with their sorrow, help them with their grief, their anxiety, their fear, their anger. They say, take the towel. Right now, there are people who are hurting, who are searching for someone who will give them a towel, who will wipe their face, who will wipe their tears. Lastly, he stooped down. He stooped down. He got down on his knees. He went low in order to to lift them up. He loved them in, in spite of their past mistakes. He loved them in spite of their present flaws. He loved them in spite of their future failures. He said, I love you so much that I am willing, even though I'm the Son of God, and even though that I am getting ready to to wipe away and pay for your sin, I love you so much that I'm willing to get on my knees. I'm willing to stoop down to help you solve your problem, to help you solve the problem of having dirty feet. I'm willing to do it. We have to be willing to stoop down. We have to be willing to meet people where they are. We have to be willing to get to their level. And I can tell you, sometimes that level is way, way low. But we must be willing to allow them to know that we are willing. We are willing to stoop down 
and to help pick them up. Jesus in this moment, he was teaching the disciples something so important. He was teaching them that life begins at serving. Jesus decided and he chose to take on the bowl of serving. But that's not the only bowl that we find during this Passion Week. There's another bowl that appears about 24 hours later. And this is a bowl from Pilate. You see, they come to Pilate and they bring Jesus to Pilate. And then Pilate is trying to figure out, what do I do with this man called Jesus? What do I do? And he calls for a bowl. Now, this bowl is completely opposite of the bowl that Jesus used. We read this account in Matthew chapter 27, starting with verse 20. It says, Meanwhile, the leading priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, Which of these two do you want me to release? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. And Pilate responded, then what should I do with this Jesus who is called the Messiah? What do I do with this man? And they shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. And so Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water. He washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is all yours. So Pilate is faced with the question, what do we do with Jesus? It's the same question that all humanity, all humanity is faced with. And so, just as we have to make choices, Pilate made some choices that night, that day. He could have made the unpopular decision. He could have said, I'm going to do the right thing because this man has done nothing. He knew it in his heart. He knew what needed to be done. But instead, he chose to wash his hands of responsibility. Because he thought by doing that, that he could free himself of the guilt. That he could free himself uh, of the responsibility of Jesus dying on the cross. But it didn't work. It doesn't work that way. You see, Pilate will always be known in history as the person who put Jesus, who's responsible for putting Jesus to death. Can I tell you that just as Pilate cannot wash his hands of the responsibility of what to do with this man Jesus, neither can we. We are all responsible. We all have decisions and choices to make. The, the book of Revelation says that, that he stands at our heart's door and he knocks. What will you do with this man called Jesus? The second thing that Pilate did was he refused to make a choice. 
He refused to make a choice. Don't you hate when that happens? You're trying to figure out where to go to eat. In this case, you're trying to figure out where to order takeout. And you say, do you want this or this? I don't care. They're washing their hands of the responsibility of whether the food's good or not. You get food and it's bad, I didn't want to go there anyway. Not my fault, I didn't choose it. And that's what Pilate is doing here. He thought that by not choosing, that he was doing and releasing himself. But actually by not choosing, he was making a choice. He was making a choice. You see, this bowl was completely opposite, completely different than the bowl that Jesus chose. Jesus called for a bowl to serve. Pilate called for the bowl of rejection. You see, everyone had to make a choice. Everyone right now is making a choice. You're making a choice. What am I going to do with my life? You could be saying, Lord, I I want to be involved. God, I I want to make a difference with my life. God, I'm I'm willing to be interrupted. God, I I want to start tithing. God, I, I want to join a life group. God, I want to learn how to be generous. But here's the problem. It is so easy to look at all of those things, but then make a choice not take responsibility to ignore what needs to be done. God, I want to make a difference. God, I want to serve you. If you're a follower of Christ, can I tell you something? Lost people are our responsibility. The Great Commission, Jesus said, it's up to you guys. We are his plan A and there's no plan B. Lost people are our responsibility. Their hurts, their pain, their fear, their anxiety, their anger, their issues, they're our responsibility. And I think too often that we don't understand and we don't realize that our bowl of serving could lead to someone's salvation. Being willing to do like Jesus did and and to take that bowl, to take that bowl of servanthood could change someone's life forever. A smile. A God loves you. money, helping provide for them. Being a servant, just as Jesus on that night was a servant. Same thing can happen in our life. Life is full of choices. It's full of decisions. So what is your bowl of choice? Do you choose the serving or do you choose the bowl of rejection, of rejecting? You see, as an individual, my prayer is every day of my life that I can be a servant. 
that I will continually choose the bowl serving. As a church, we want to be known for a church that is willing to, to take up the bowl of serving. We want to be a church that is involved in people's lives. That we just don't want to, to observe people's pain. We don't want to just look at their problems and say, man, that's bad. I'll pray for you. Now, prayer is important. But sometimes we have to be willing to put a little action with our prayer. We want to be a church that says, well, we want to make a difference. And we have that opportunity right now. In this moment, we have that opportunity. I believe that right now, that there are more people open to the gospel than ever before. I believe that. I can see it happening. I'm watching. I'm observing. I'm seeing people reach out. Right now is the time. This didn't take God by surprise. We are facing uncertain times, but God has a, pro, pro, God has a reason for all of this. How will we respond? As individuals, how will we respond? As a church, how will we respond? I'll tell you what we can't do. We can't just wash our hands. Well, you need to wash your hands. Or maybe use some hand sanitizer. But we can't just, figuratively speaking, wash our hands. Say it's not my responsibility. We have to embrace the bowl of serving. Why? Because we have to understand that eternity is impacted. Eternity is at stake. It's up to you. It's up to me. To choose the right bowl. You may be listening today and you may say, Pastor, To be honest, I'm, I'm like Pilate. I know what I need to do. I know that I need to become a, a follower of Christ. I know that, that He's the only one that can take away my fear, and take away my shame and my sin and my pain. But I'm like Pilate. I know what I need to do, but I'm not willing to do it. Today could be your day. What are you going to do with this man called Jesus? And I encourage you to make a decision. To invite him into your heart. Normally at this point I would be asking for a show of hands and asking for people who want to make that decision. And you could raise your hand now but I can't see it. But because of technology, we have a solution. If you're watching on an iPad or, or, or a tablet or uh, uh, an iPhone, you'll see a button there. It says moment. 
If it's not there, just dig around. You'll see it. But it gives you the opportunity to make that decision. And what will happen when you push that button? It'll be the best left click that you've ever done. Because it's going to pop up on one of our host's screens. It's going to say, so-and-so wants to give their life to Christ. And you're going to go into a chat room. If you're an introvert, this is perfect. You're going to go into a chat room with that host, and they're going to lead you to Christ. You see, there's no distance in prayer. You may be sitting there today, and you may say, Pastor, I'm like the disciples. I've walked with Jesus. But I really, I've never taken up this servanthood thing. I've never accepted the challenge and taken up the, the bowl serving. And I believe that, that the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to your heart today and saying that that's where life begins. We're getting ready to, to go to two services. We're actually going to start it next week even though that, that we are not in the building. We'll have a, a 9.30 service online and we'll have an 11.15. It'll just get you used to it. Why are we doing that? Number one, it's because we could never keep the six-foot rule with just one service. It's to give us a little bit more room, but, but more importantly than that, it's because we want to give you an opportunity to be fed spiritually, to worship, hear the Word, and that's an important part of following Christ. You know, you look at the disciples and, and they followed Christ. They heard all of His teachings. They hung on His every word. But in this moment, Jesus said, that's not enough. It's not enough just to hear. But you need to serve. You need to serve. And so by going to two services, we, are, uh, we can't push strongly enough. We're saying you have the ability to, to attend a service and to serve a service. You have a, the ability to, to worship, to grow in God's Word, take up the bowl of serving. Why? Because they're equally important. I believe we are shown that by what Jesus did. And so if you're there today, I encourage you to start thinking about what you can do. Yes, I want you to become a, a servant in a local body somewhere because together we're better. But also I want to encourage you in your day-to-day -day life, be a servant. Reach out to people who are hurting. 
give them what they need. Give them Jesus. So right now, if, if you say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I, I need prayer. I, I want to be, I want to take up the bowl of serving. Then what I encourage you to do is, once again, there's a button that says prayer. And you can click on that and it'll do the same thing. It will pop up and we will have hosts there that will meet you into a chat room and will pray with you. You see, you don't have to be gathered together in a building for God to change your life forever. And I encourage you this morning to do that. I encourage you to say, Pastor, God, I want to be a servant. Right now, I'm going to pray. If you're in a chat room, you just you pour out your heart. I'm so excited about what I know that God is going to do in your life. Father, I come before you right now, and God, I thank you for everyone that has gathered in this online community. God, I, I pray that you will allow us to see and allow us to know that there is a reason, that there is a purpose, and we may not be able to see it, but God, there is. God, I pray that as, as people are making decisions right now to become a follower of you, God, I pray that you will just empower them. God, that you will give them peace to know that you have washed away their sin. And God, I pray for those who have made a decision to, to, to stop being like the disciples and just sitting back, waiting for somebody else to do it. God, that you will touch their lives. And God, as they make a decision to step out of their comfort zone, Father, that you will do something in their life. God, that you will use them to change someone's future forever. God, we want to be your hands. We want to be your feet. We want to reach those who are lost and those who are hurting. God, I thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to thank you for wherever you are for gathering with us today online. We are going to, to continue to, to monitor the situation. We're going to continue to, to look at uh, what the, the experts are saying. And, and, and more importantly, we're going to continue to pray that God will give us wisdom as a church as what to do and, and how to proceed. Uh, we are making tentative plans based on the information that we have now of, of how that, that we can stay connected even though that as of now, for the next seven weeks, they're saying no gatherings of any more than 50. We're watching that continuously. Uh, we're looking at, at ideas, and, and we have a, a great idea of, of what we are hoping to be able to do for Easter. I look for an announcement about that very soon. 
but we are uh, we're just taking it day by day and that's the best way to live but we know that God's in control I'm going to ask you to do just, just a couple of more things for me before, uh, uh, before we close uh, if you joined us today I'm going to ask you uh, just as we do every week here at, at this local campus we fill out a connect card every week we check in every week and the reason, in case you don't know, that we do that is because uh, we want you to know that you're more than just a number, that you have a name. And we want to know that you are here. And just as on a normal Sunday that we want to, to know that you're here, uh, we want to know that you are watching today. And so the best way for you to do that is just to simply text the word here. I've made it as simple as I can, four letters. Here, H-E-R-E, not H-E-A-R, H-E-R-E. If you will text that to 606-220-6111. If our video guy is good, that'll come up on the screen. 606-220-6111. If you will text that word just here, that's all you'll have to do. Now, if it's the first time that you've been with us and we don't have your information, you may get a, a message back saying, hey, if you would like to, tell us your name. If you've been here before, then we already have your information. We have your phone number. We'll know it's you. But that is the best and the simplest way that we can know that, that, and, and stay connected with you. We don't want you to fall through the cracks, especially during this time when it would be so easy when we're not coming together face to face. Uh, the second thing that, that you can do is, I want to encourage you that you may be watching and you may be a part of Gateway Church or you may think that, you know, that we're doing a great work here and, and, uh, but, but you also may be watching and, and you may be part of another church. Uh, let me help your pastor out. Continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful in your giving. The gospel still has to go forward. To be blunt, the bills still have to be paid. And you know that, that if you know me at all, money is not something that I enjoy talking about and it's not something that I talk about a whole lot. My prayer is, is that God gives you a, a revelation of having a generous spirit. But during this time, I encourage you to continue to be faithful. There are ways that, that you can do that If your church has online giving, which we do, and most churches at this point do now as well, I encourage you to go to the website, go to their website, set up an account, and give. If you're a member of Gateway Church, or you, you can do that by going to thegate.life, and you'll see a tab there for giving. Right now, if you are watching on a, a tablet or an iPhone, if you're watching uh, on any of those, uh, even one of those Android things, uh, you can tap up in the left-hand corner. There's three little bars, and when you tap that, or when you click that, you'll get a drop-down, and it'll give you options, and options are like to give a prayer request. If you have a prayer request, I encourage you, let us know about it. Uh, there's an option there for you to give. You click on that, and it will take you to the giving page. And 
And once you set up an account with any online giving, once you set it up one time, you don't have to do it anymore. The third way that you can give is you can uh, simply text any dollar amount to 84321. And once again, you'll have to set that up the first time, but once you do it, you won't have to do it anymore. And then you can just text any amount at any time. You can give your offering at midnight, but you just text any amount to 84321. But let me encourage you, no matter what, continue to be faithful. We love you. I thank you. I look forward for us to being able to get back together again in one place. But until we do, do your best to stay connected. We're doing our best to stay connected to you. Keep eyes on our Facebook page, on our web page, through text messages. And if you need anything, reach out to us. We're in this together. We love you. Have a blessed day.